Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Book of Galatians, chapter number six and verse number 11. And we're going to read, I believe we're going to read through verse number 18. We'll actually read all of them there. Um, Galatians chapter six and verse number 11. And uh, if you got it, say amen. You see how large a letter I have written you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross, for the cross of Christ, rather. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Somebody say a new creature. And as many as walk according to the, this rule, peace on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From thence, henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. If you put down your Bibles and just help me say a prayer over the rest of this service. Amen. And let's just pray together and ask God to speak to us through his word. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this great word that we have. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that we could be in your house today. It's a blessing every time I could come to the house of the Lord. And so I pray your blessing on the rest of this service today. Let your word be received as you gave it to me, God, as you put it in my heart, Lord. Let it be received, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that, would you give another hand clap to the Lord and some, lift up some worship to him in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Look at somebody next to you and say, it's good to see you in God's house today. Amen. You could be seated at this time. I want to preach to us on this thought today. Hand me the pen. Hand me the pen. This is an interesting book in your Bible, the book of Galatians, because of the statement that, is, that I read to you in verse number 11. Paul says, see how large a letter I have written you with my own hand. And this practice wasn't the length of the letter as in how many words were in the letter. But what Paul was actually referring to when he said, see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand, he's telling them, see how this part of this letter, I've written it in my own hand, and I've written it 
in very large letters. I've written it in large letters on purpose because I wanted to emphasize this last part to you. You see, in this day, we don't actually have the original handwriting of Paul, but we have only the manuscripts reproduced of this letter. But in this day, it was common that when someone would write a letter, they would have someone else actually do the hard work of the handwriting. And this is how Paul commonly wrote his letters. He would speak and someone else would write down the words that he was speaking. But in this letter, he decided to take over the pen. He told the writer of the letter, hand me the pen. I've got to write this last part. You see, this was common in this day because when someone would write at the end of the letter in their own handwriting, you could recognize their handwriting and you could tell that it's authentic because the person himself wrote it and you could tell from their handwriting. You know, a signature doesn't mean a whole lot on a pen pad today. You could just scribble and they don't pay attention to it. But back in days prior to us and even in the, the past century to us, your handwriting was a way to tell the authenticity of what was being written because your handwriting, although it could be mimicked, it's usually pretty accurate to tell somebody's handwriting. Anybody have terrible handwriting in the house today? Amen. We have some doctors in the house. Praise God. People wonder why prescriptions get wrong, you know. Praise the Lord. So Paul writes at the very end of this letter in the book of Galatians. And it's interesting to me because this letter, the reason that he did this is it means it's so important. This letter matters a lot. And this letter speaks things that matter a lot to the church. Paul is addressing some things that he feels very passionate about. And he wants them to know for a fact that I wrote it myself. That my own hand wrote this. That this isn't a fake. This isn't from somebody else. Paul was dealing with some things with the Galatian church that I feel like because it's in our Bible, we need to take note of them ourselves. For it is the infallible word of God that we preach from, that we read, and that we should read all every day and allow to permeate inside of our souls. We should obey the word of God and take it seriously and understand the word of God because it's been canonized. I can believe and I can have confidence that every promise in the word of God, it's true. Amen. That he makes us victorious if we just follow the plan. The first thing I want to say here today is we got to follow the plan of God's word. Because if we follow the plan of God's word, we have the hope of glory. We have the hope of salvation. We have the hope that we're going to make it to heaven one day if we just believe and we follow and we obey the whole counsel of God. Every letter matters. Every word matters. Matthew 28, 19 tells us that we should be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the apostles did just that 
when they said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of their sins. And that's what they preached everywhere they went. They preached that it's in the name of Jesus. Every word matters. He is the name of the Father. He is the name of the Son. He is the name of the Holy Ghost. That name that's above every name, as Acts chapter 4 says. Hallelujah. Who the Jews cast it aside. Who the Jews crucified. He said that God has given him a name that is above every name. And that that name has salvation alone. He said that there is no other name that there is salvation. than in the name of Jesus. It matters what the word of God says. It matters what the apostles preached. And that's why this church will forever be an apostolic church. An apostolic church in our doctrine. Because we believe what the first church preached. And we believe it with everything we have. It troubled Paul so much that he had to write it in his own handwriting. He had to write it in large letters. They have found other letters from this era where the handwriting is real neat and, and beautiful in the first few, you know, part of the letter. And then at the very hand, end of it, you have handwriting that is totally different. And that handwriting is in big letters, just like what Paul's talking about. And it's ugly. It's raw. But it proves the authenticity of the person who wrote it. He's trying to stamp his approval and say, this matters, and this was truly from me. And so there's some principles I'm going to walk us through from the book of Galatians that matter to the church in 2023. There's a reason it's in your Bible, and it says in your Bible this. He says in chapter 1 and verse number 8, he says, but though we or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. He's telling them the gospel we have preached everywhere. That Acts 2.38 message, that repentance of sin, that baptism in Jesus' name, that without holiness no man shall see the Lord, that that is the gospel truth. That is the truth that we should receive. And if anybody preaches anything else, they're wrong and let them be accursed. There is only one gospel church. There is only one gospel that can make us go to heaven. There's only one way that we can make it in this thing. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, if any man tries to come any other way, he's a thief. Praise God, we've got to go through Jesus. We've got to be in Jesus. Colossians says that we're baptized into Christ and that we are complete in him. There's only one way to be made whole, and it's in Jesus. It's all in Jesus, my friend. And it's all in humbling ourselves before him and being holy before our holy God. Holiness is still right. The gospel is still right. Culture does not dictate the gospel. This is our culture. 
This is our identity. Make this who you are and receive this. Because he said no other gospel is right. No other gospel is correct. It doesn't matter what an institution says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what LGBT says. There is only one gospel. There is only one truth in one order of God. Young people, don't let this die in our generation. Don't let this truth burn out. And don't stray from this truth but know this truth inside of your heart you've got to receive the word of God you've got to consume the word of God and make it a part of who you are in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32 Jesus is talking about the end times and he, he makes this statement it's a very simple statement he says remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And he goes on, if you read the rest of his statements there, he makes the statement, he says, whoever receives the world to save his life will lose his life. But whoever loses his life shall find it. He's saying there's a paradox, and it's the opposite of what you think. If you gain the whole world, and you look back to worldliness. If you look back to the Sodom of Gomor and Gomorrah that is the world we live in here today. If you look back and you want to be back in that place, you will lose your life, Jesus said. He's warning the church. He's warning the end time church that you have got to stay looking forward. You've got to run away from the world. We should never be running back to the world. We should never be mixing with the world. We should always be looking ahead because we're so blessed that he's bringing us out. Because just as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, there will come a judgment of this evil world. And it is a blessing of God that he's brought us out. That he's made a way for us to go out of this world. This evil and wicked world. He's made a way of escape for us. But sometimes the world gets inside of us. I love what Brother Kelly said. He said that the boat was made to be on the water. But the water wasn't made to get in the boat. If the water gets in the boat, that boat's going to sink. But as long as it's on top of the water, it's going to be okay. We can't let any water in our boat. Church, I come with a very simple message today. It's that we can't allow the world to be inside of us. But we've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 6, it says they chose seven men of honest report who were full of the Holy Ghost. Is there a church today who will stay full of the Holy Ghost? Are there seven among us who will stay full of God and not of the world? We've got to be filled with Jesus. He said be filled with the Holy Ghost. In Romans, Paul told them, he said, walk in the Spirit. He commanded them. He was, he was telling them, your, your flesh is at war with the Spirit. So walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. 
Amen. We've got to have a church that will be in the spirit every single day on a Monday, on a Tuesday, that will walk in the spirit of God. If you're going to make it to heaven, it's going to be because you've walked in the spirit. There's no other gospel, he told them. In verse chapter in chapter 3, verse 26, he tells them this. He says, hey, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Amen. There's that baptism in Jesus' name once again. He's telling them, he said, hey, Galatian church, I taught you to be baptized. I baptized many of you. My workers in the church, my pastors in the church have baptized you into Christ. Amen. And he tells them this, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. He's telling them, he said, no matter your background, no matter your ethnicity, no matter where you came from and the sin you were in, you've been made one in Christ Jesus. And that is a blessing and a reason to celebrate here today that it doesn't matter what our background was. It doesn't matter who we were in the world, but we've been saved by the blood of Jesus. We've been ransomed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of his baptism. And he tells them this, and he says, and if ye are Christ's, because you've been baptized into Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We close the book right there but that's not where Paul stopped his thought for in verse number one of chapter four he says now I say that the heir as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant though he be lord of all can we just have a bible study here today he, he's giving them an example about the full salvation the full salvation that we have and that we can receive. He's telling them this. He said, yeah, you've been put into Christ and you've been washed because you've been baptized. And he's telling them, now that you've been baptized, you're an heir of God. That means you get to receive a promise of God that's going to come next. And he said, look, as long as the heir is a child, he's, he's kind of like a child in that a child differs nothing from a servant, even though he's Lord of all. When he is still a child, he doesn't have any power. He doesn't have any liberty. My kids ask me, Daddy, can we have a toy from the store? When literally yesterday we're buying a toy for someone else for their birthday. They said, can we have a toy? So like a good parent, I bought them a toy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I had to tell my baby, no. Just maybe just out of the principle of it. Hey, we're buying a toy for somebody else's birthday. It ain't your birthday, kid. And besides, if it was your birthday, it would be your birthday too. Because I got two of them. And then I'd be broke, all right? But I had to tell my kids, no. This is what Paul is teaching them. He said, kind of like you're a child. Though he is an heir of all, he's still a servant. 
He says this in verse 2. He says, but he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. In other words, he has to go to school. He has to listen to the rules at school. He's got to be under tutors and governors until there's an appointed time. Somebody say an appointed time. He says this, so even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. I'm just breaking it down. I hope you're okay with Brother Emilio's Bible study here. Under the elements of the world is how they were. In other words, they were bound by the world. And it's, it's this that changes things for them. He says this in verse number four, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. So that gave us something new. Somebody say something new. And it says this, and because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit. Somebody say the spirit. The spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's where that scripture is in your Bible. He's telling him, he said, you're not complete. You haven't received the whole gospel if you've been baptized only. But there is a promise for every child of God. And that is the promise of the spirit of God. Because his son came and died for us. He sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We cry out to God, and he becomes our Father. He told the Roman church, he said, they that walk in the Spirit, they are the sons of God. How do you get adopted in this family? Is you've got to receive the Spirit of God. He tells them this in verse 7. He says, wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. He's telling them, because you've received the Spirit of God, because you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you're in Christ. And not only are you in Christ, but Christ is in you. And if Christ is in us, then we have the hope of glory. We are an heir of Christ. And we're no longer a servant of the world. We're no longer under the bondage of the world. We've been set free. Because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Acts 2.38 isn't in one scripture in your Bible. Acts 2.38 is in every scripture of your Bible. It's in the intention of God that his spirit lives inside of us. And we walk with God. He told Adam when Adam fell into sin. What did he say? He said, where are you? Because he used to walk with him in the cool of the day. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He used to walk with him in the cool of the day. Praise God. That's what God wants in you. He wants to walk with you. He doesn't want you to just know about him. But he wants you to know him. Paul said, oh, that I might know him. That I might know the sufferings of his crucifixion even. I just want to know Jesus. I just want to live for Jesus. And I want to walk with Jesus. 
And the blessing is we've no, we're no longer bound. We're no longer prevented from walking with him. But we can walk with him every day. Child of God, saint of God in this house, you should walk with your Savior every day. You should walk with him in the spirit every day. And he tells them this in verse number 9. He says, but now after ye have known God. He said, I've seen you. You walk with God. And he's covered your sins. He's made you whole. He's made you no longer a servant. And he says, now after ye have known God. I, I know some saints in this house who, who you know God. You know how to get a hold of God. But he, he's giving the Galatian church a warning here. I hope this is okay today. He's telling him, he says, after ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. He dealt with this also with the Corinthian church. He was telling them, he said, you've been, you're just like the children of Israel. They got brought through the water of the Red Sea. And on the other side, they began to complain. And they began to say things were better in Egypt. Hey, Moses, did you take us out here so we could just die in this wilderness? Yet Jesus, God had just taken them out of the slavery they were in. And yet they're asking to go back into slavery. You know, I, I, I just want to say, this is in your Bible too. We should take this warning as well. We've known God, we who have known God, we should not turn again to the weak and the beggarly elements. We shouldn't turn back to the things that were in the past and the things that were in the world because we have been made the children of God. We have been made free from the bondage of slavery, of sin. We should walk in our freedom in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's no reason to go back. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. It did not end well for her. And this is what Jesus was warning in the last days. That there will be people who will look back. Who will step back. I've seen them from young. I've seen them through old even. And you say, where are they? And you find them on social media. Social media, is, it's a curse for that. You find them on social media and you go, wow, they walked away. I don't know about you, but I want to be in this thing through the end. I ain't doing this because of you. And I love all of you. And all of you, I hope you love me. At least I think you do. Praise God. You make me feel like that you do. Praise God for that. That's a blessing. But even if you didn't, I'm still walking ahead. I'm still going to my promise. I'm still headed to my promised land. Hallelujah. And I'm going to follow, and I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to try to live like the Egyptians lived. Amen. Because God was wroth with them. He even told Moses, I'll just kill them all. And I'll start over. I'll, I'll raise up a new people for you. But Moses pleaded with God for them. 
I would hope that my name wouldn't be one that my pastor has to plead God. God, don't kill him. <laughs> I say that kind of jokingly. But the truth is, if we are not walking after the Lord, your flesh is going to crave Egypt. It's going to crave the things of the world. He told them this in chapter number 5. He said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. He begins to deal with this with the Galatian church and tell them, hey, don't go back. Don't look back. Don't try to lean on the, the elements of the world. They're beggarly is the word he's using. They, they don't do anything for you. They left you empty. They left you dry. You know, they, your friends were fake friends. They were only there to have a good time. And then when you needed them the most, they left you. Don't forget how, how weak is another way of saying it. Paul was saying the world is. And he was telling them, he said, hey, even a little bit, a little leaven." Man, this is probably Tuesday night. I'm sorry, Pastor. This is probably Tuesday night here. He's telling them a little bit of sin. Just a little bit. It's going to mess up the whole thing. It just takes a little bit. You ever seen, I, I, I know this isn't leaven, but I'm just going to give you an example more common to us, because I don't think anybody here makes leavened bread. But more common to us, any of you ever have a loaf of bread? that you didn't put in the fridge. I put it in the fridge so it lasts longer, praise God. But it's just in the, the, the cabinet or in the, the pantry and that little loaf of bread just gets a little bit of mold on it. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna eat some of that bread? You're probably not. Because that mold has spread all over the place. It doesn't even take long. Just after a day or so, if you saw one little speck, the whole thing is ruined. And you just got to throw the whole thing out. That's how sin is. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in here. I feel, I feel a little bit of a pushback here today. A little bit. Hey, you know what? Just a little bit of, of you know what? I, I come on Sunday. I'm good, right? I look good in my suit. You know, I could just live how I want to live. And it doesn't affect me that bad, Brother Garza. No, it will spread and it will affect you. It will change you. And there's, even in the Galatian church, there were voices that were speaking to that church, that poor church that were telling them, hey, just go back to how we used to do things. It doesn't take all that, is what they were hearing. What you need to do is, is the old religious practices that we used to do under Judaism. That's what was happening in the Galatian church. He was saying, they were telling him, hey, you need to do the circumcision, you need to do the, the Sabbath just this way, and you need to do all these rituals. You need to go back under the rituals under the world. And you know what? That actually allows you a little more freedom. You know, this holiness thing, you could just lay off on that. That's what people were telling the church. And Paul told them this. He said, I would, they were even cut off, which trouble you. Paul was, Paul was not real happy. There's a reason he asked for that pen. 
Because he was saying, somebody's messing with my babies and trying to influence them to go back to how they were. Don't listen to voices like that. Don't listen to voices that don't know the word of God. Don't listen to voices that aren't preaching the truth of God. That's all noise that you need to ignore. I come to just warn the church here today. Not every voice you hear is a voice of truth. Not every preacher that you hear is preaching truth even. Not every church preaches the doctrine in the word of God. And Paul said, I take it so seriously. I hope that they would be cut off, which trouble you. You know what? Maybe somebody in here, you need to cut off some things. You need to cut off some voices in here. I, I know this, this, ain't, this ain't, you know, shouting and dancing and screaming and bucking here today, preaching. But, but you know what? I've got to guard my heart, Proverbs says. He said, keep your heart, the writer of Proverbs said, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, he said, guard your heart. You got to block some things from getting inside of you because it's poison and it could try to hurt you. And it seems like it's okay, but it's really going to try to kill you. You've got to guard what you're going to allow into your heart. I don't know about you, friend, but I'm going to allow the word of God into my heart. I'm going to allow only his word into my heart. And I'm going to feast on it every single day. Things that I watch, things that I see, things that I hear, I want it to be godly things so that I can be of godly influence. And only godly things can enter into my heart. We need God inside of us. We need his doctrine inside of us. This isn't a game. And he gives us the formula. He says, hey, those of you who have that leaven, those of you who have been dealing with sin and you're trying to cut it off, he's saying, cut off those voices that are trying to bring you back, first of all. Cut off those influences. But he tells them this simple thing. He says this. He says, this I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, we overcomplicate this. We overcomplicate this sometimes. We think we need, you know, and, and uh, there is a place for these things. We think we need all this counseling to get out of sin. We think we need all this, this help. Walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your flesh's lust will die out from the Spirit of God. You know, in the Bible, there was a time when the Philistines, they stole the Ark of the Covenant. And they just put it in a warehouse. And they put that Ark in this warehouse with this giant statue god of theirs named Dagon. And then they came back the next day, and they opened it up just to see, hey, I just want to make sure it's still there. This is pretty important to the children of Israel. Make sure no one uh, stole it overnight, you know. Lock up your stuff. Lock up your boat if you got a boat on the street. It will get stolen, all right. So the Ark of the Covenant is, is there. It's in a warehouse. And they open it up in the morning, and it's still there. 
but the, the giant statue of Dagon, it's fallen over. And they're like, well, that's weird. So then they go prop it back up. Okay, that's fine. Then they come back the next day. And sure enough, the next day, it's fallen over and its head is cut off. Now, I, hey, this is, just, this is just Brother Garza's message here today. So you're going to just hear my thought on that. I think that's in our word for a reason. Because I think that's a confirmation of Galatians 5 and 17 that I just read in your hearing. He said, if you walk in the spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. That sin cannot exist with the spirit of God. And if we bring the Spirit of God, like that Ark of the Covenant, inside of this body, inside of this temple, and if we are filled with this Holy Ghost inside of us, then I'm telling you, friend of mine, you will not live in sin anymore. You will not be in bondage anymore. You won't be a servant to that anymore. But it will be broken, and its head will be cut off because the power of God is greater. The power of God is stronger. Nothing can stand against my Jesus. He is forever victorious. He is forever the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. There is nothing that can stand against our Savior. There is nothing that can chain you up enough to keep you bound from the Spirit of God. It's powerful. Hallelujah to walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. He said, give me the pen. I'm telling you, today, he was correct what he said. Because he set me free. And he set many of you free in this house of things you can never break yourself. My God is a deliverer. My God is a provider. My God is a way maker. Hallelujah. We got to walk in his spirit. We got to live in his spirit. Because if we live in his spirit, it's all going to be okay. That's going to be the best life you could ever live anyways. He tells them this in his closing, and, and I'll just close too. This is our highlights of the book of Galatians today. I hope this is okay, Sister Cindy. Praise God. You can come to the piano, Brother Lucas. He tells them this. Very famously, in chapter number 6, in verse number 7, he says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hey, we talk about this in the negative so much. You know, we say, oh, you reap what you sow, brother. You're going to get it because you've been sowing that. You're going to get it, bro. We talk about all the negative of that, but that's a two-way promise of God. And I look at it as a promise of God. Because in verse 8, he says this, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So he's telling them. I'm not making this up. It's, It's in your Bible. He's telling them, what I mean by that is if you sow to the flesh, your flesh is going to grow. And what is it going to reap? It's going to reap corruption. It's going to hurt you. It's not going to end up well for you. But there's a semicolon there. 
And it's a reason, hey, I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm preaching good things to you here today. The good news is this. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I don't know about you, but I, I want to reap to the, I want to reap of life everlasting. And I know this, how I'm going to get there is by sowing in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's not go back, church. Let's not look back, church. He tells them in his own handwriting this, what I read in your text. He said, they themselves who are circumcised, they, they don't even keep the law. He said, they neither even keep the law. He's saying, those voices that are telling you, you've got to do all these things, they're not even keeping the law themselves. He straight up said, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Stop listening to them. They're a hypocrite. That's what Paul was saying. He's, he's calling them out in his own handwriting. He says, give me the pen. I've got to tell them that don't listen to this other gospel. Don't go back to who we used to be. He had such a passion and such a burden to tell them. And he said this. He called them out on it. He said, they don't even believe it themselves. They're just trying to glory in their flesh. They're just trying to make a name for themselves. They're just trying to, to drag you back to being a servant. But he's telling them this. He says, hey, there's life in Jesus. What we should rather do is walk in the Spirit. We should seek the things of God. He even tells them, I didn't even get to highlight it. He says that the flesh, it's going to cause corruptible things to happen. There's, there's bad, there's a whole list of bad from those who walk in the flesh. But he says this, but they that have the fruit of the Spirit. They have life. They have joy. They have peace. They have long-suffering. He lists all the things off there. He tells them, he says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When you're walking in the Spirit of God, He's going to produce some fruit in you. The fruit of His Spirit. And that fruit is a sweet fruit. It tastes good. Praise God. And it adds. Jesus said that you are the salt of the world. But what is the use of salt if it doesn't add any flavor? God wants you to add some good flavor to your family. He wants you to add some good flavor to this world. And it's only going to take pursuing His Spirit. Don't listen to these other voices. Don't listen to these other things. Paul's telling them, walk in the Spirit of God. He tells them this. He's, he's telling them by example. He's saying, hey, it's not always going to be perfect either. There's going to be some times of suffering as we stand to our feet. There's going to be some times that are hard. And he's telling them, look, I bear the scars 
on my body even for walking in this truth. But he says this, as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy. Hallelujah. God gives us joy. He gives us his love. He gives us his peace. And it's not like anything else we could ever have. Where even through every adversity, we have the hope of glory. We're going to make it to heaven one day. And while we're here, we're going to add to this world. Amen. I feel like somebody in this house, maybe it's not everybody, but there's somebody in this house where God's been dealing with you about reaching souls, about reaching the lost. And you feel like I can never be that. I come to tell you, if you walk in the Spirit of God, He'll give you the right words to say. He'll give you the right things. He'll give you the right fruit to be able to be that to somebody, to be a light to your world. Hallelujah. Come on, I, I, I feel that in the Holy Ghost so strong right now. That somebody, you've been asking God, you've been saying, God, I don't know how I could do a work for you. I don't know how I could do anything for you. It's only by His Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, He said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be deceived. Don't be lost because you're feeding your flesh, but feed the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. This mattered so much that he said, stay away from sin. Don't go back to the world. Don't even let a little bit in. Hallelujah. But walk in the Spirit. Amen. I want to open these altars for someone who's hungry for more of God. Hallelujah. I want to open these altars here today for somebody who wants more of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Nothing in this world can satisfy my soul. I don't want anything in the world. I don't want anything in the world. I don't want what they have. I just want you, Jesus. I just want to be close to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't want to be just satisfied in my flesh. I don't want to just have the blessings. But God, I want to have you inside of me. I want to have your spirit in me. Oh, Lord. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for making me no longer a servant to sin. Hallelujah. somebody call on the name of Jesus. These altars are open right now. You can lift your hands and lift your voice. Make that your declaration today. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to who I was. I'm not going back to this world. I'm not going to allow the world into my home. I'm not going to allow the world into my heart. Oh, I choose to block out those voices, those that influence that's trying to hurt me. That spirit of the world that's trying to speak to you. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We speak against it in the name of Jesus. Every viper, every python, I speak against it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, help me pray, church.
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.